Fantastic guests. And the first one I've got is Presswitch Blue, Colin Savage. Colin, how are you doing? I'm great. Um, really good. Um, uh, we can travel to America again now. So uh, I'm, I'm making plans to hopefully go over for Thanksgiving. And I tell you what, guys, Colin is looking really sexy tonight. He's got that black Manchester City shirt from uh, last season. He's looking pretty hot if you can imagine daniel levy wearing a man city shirt you've got part <laughs> <laughs> uh, the deal for harry kane he got um you know a, a, a watch of cash and a load of shirts <laughs> yeah guys we've also got uh bernard Deneen. how are you doing bernard what's going on absolutely wonderful i'm looking forward to the visit of the chair boys to our wonderful ground tomorrow and uh, Yes, I can't wait. I can't wait for it. I'm really excited. Okay. Chair boys. Uh, and Chair boys. <laughs> and as you can imagine, uh, the one reason why so many people tune into the Bolt from the Blue Podcast is because of Ray. He is <laughs> very... <laughs> I, I, I would say the, the kindest thing would be he is um, um, opinionated. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, okay, so uh, Ray, how's it, how's it going with you? It's it's all right, Mike. It's all right. It looks like I had uh, the best of it this weekend. Uh, I was off working, uh, <laughs> having a good time at a festival, and you you guys were watching the football live. So I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I got so many messages on the bolt from the blue uh, podcast saying, "Is Ray gonna blow a gasket because of Southampton?" Let's start off with that game, guys. It was. Um, We'd, have, we'd scored six in the previous uh, game, Bernard, um, but we couldn't score against Southampton. What on earth was going on, Ray? Yeah, well, the funny thing is, I've, I've got to be honest. Okay, I didn't watch. I've, I had a ticket for the game. I didn't go because I was working. And uh, I was watching lots of comments on social media go through. Uh, every few minutes, I would have a quick look at my phone, and people weren't happy. The natives were restless at uh, Etihad Stadium and at the end of the game I said shall I watch match of the day tonight uh, and everybody said no don't bother um, so I watched the extended highlights uh, someone asked me to, said why didn't you watch the full 90 minutes and I thought no. <laughs> um, I'd rather watch paint and dry uh, than watch the full 90 minutes the, the funny thing was I, I thought from, from the 9 or 10 minutes I watched that we had a few chances opportunities openings that we could have done better from. 
But I also thought we got a bit lucky with a penalty incident against us. Uh, oh, yeah. Could have gone the other way. So, but for me, I thought we had three or four pretty reasonable opportunities um, where I think we could and should have done better. It didn't happen. And, and it, it, it's just that it happens that way. You know, one game, you'll have 10 chances to score six goals. And another game, you'll have one shot on target. In the you know, and that coming in, in injured time at the end of the game, so it's, it's ups and downs, but it's it's a shame that a team like Southampton, you know, give them credit, they did well, uh, uh, they had a good start to last season as well. But let's be honest, the, I, the way I think this season's going to go, we really need to be putting them to bed, getting three points. Um, Colin, let me just ask you about what uh, Ray touched on. Did we get off lightly with that penalty uh, red card incident? No, I don't think we did, to be honest. It, um, <laughs> no, I, it was right opposite me. Where uh, I, I, can, I can just see Carl Walker set himself up for that. He, he lost the ball cheaply. Um, so that impressed very well, got to say. And, uh, but, but uh, you know, then he went piling in. But when, when I saw it back afterwards, um, it, whoever it was, was going down. It, it wasn't Carl Walker who took him down. And I think that was the right decision. Although I'm surprised it was overruled because um, was it a clear and obvious error? Now, uh, you know, it, it wasn't a penalty, so it was the right decision in the end. Um, I, I, and there were there was a, a school of thought, interesting school of thought that... Um, it wasn't a denial of a goal-scoring opportunity. Uh, and I didn't think it was at the time. I was surprised when he got the red card out. And there's a school of four that said he overturned it because he knew the red card was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go over to uh, Bernard. Um, uh, you've heard Colin's uh, opinion. Thousands would disagree. Uh, what would you say? Yeah, I, mean, I was stood right behind it in the south stand uh, I just want to say Walker's an absolute idiot. I love, I love, I love Walker to bits. I really do. But he has these, you know, where his brain just switches off sometimes, and he shouldn't have lost it in the first place. Sprays the water into here. <laughs> <laughs> he shouldn't have lost it in the first place, and then he had the ability just to slide in and stick it out for a corner. He had no need to put his leg across the player. So as soon as Moss gave that penalty, I thought, well, even if he goes to VAR, he's not going to overturn it. it just, it's not going to happen. And I was so totally gobsmacked. I think every every single City fan in the ground was gobsmacked that it was overturned. I just don't understand that. We got, we got away with that one, in, in my opinion. I think uh, I think they deserve the penalty for Walker being an idiot, at, at, at least, anyway. So... Very, very disappointed in Walker, but we know what it's like. He does this, doesn't he? Every, every now and then we get one of these stupid decisions. But as I said, he could have just slid in and stuck out for a corner or something. It really, really did annoy me. He tried to be too clever and uh, we should have really been punished for it and we got away with that one. Uh, it's right. quite funny, Mike. Sorry, I was just going to say, I watched that on uh, Southampton TV. So, the you know, Southampton's uh, TV channel watched their, their extended highlights. I wanted to see it from their point of view. And they were gobsmacked. You know, they, they thought, why are they wasting their time going for the VAR? Walker, as soon as he did it, he looked guilty. He, you know, his head was down. You could see from from his face, he looked guilty. And when, when it was overturned, <laughs> it's like he, he was laughing. He couldn't believe it. You know, I think that, for me, summed it up a lot. Walker was pretty sure that it was a penalty. He was 
amazed, astounded that it was overturned. So, you know, it, it's one of those. It, it, I thought it was. I thought it, it was enough of a penalty. And, and once he'd given it, I didn't think there was enough in it to not to overturn it. You know, um, it's a funny thing. I'm just going to throw this out there. Um, very early on in, in the first half, there was a, I think a, a weak but legitimate shot for a penalty in the other box where Sterling passed the ball to to Gundogan in the box, yeah. just a little ahead of him, yeah. and he wasn't going to get there. But the Southampton defender either shouldered him on, pushed him in the back. Now, if it was shoulder to shoulder, I have got no complaints. But you can't hit somebody in the back, even if he's not going to get the ball. For me, that was a foul. It would have been a soft one, you could argue. But And if it had gone against you, you know, uh, you'd have been upset. But, hey, you know, if earlier in the season, we've seen these things given. So, you know... But their penalty, their penalty was more of a penalty than the one on Gundogan. Well, Colin Savage, we know that uh, Kyle Walker is what you would regard as a, a, a masculine player. And uh, Jamie Carricker said that he he reiterated his point that uh, Walker is a liability. What would you say about that? Yeah, uh, you know, it's Jamie Carricker being Jamie Carricker, isn't it? And, and you know, we... Sky love these these outrages, you know, uh, the, the, these bold statements. And uh, Kyle Walker's been a great player for us. Uh, there certainly was a time when you, you could be guaranteed a, a brain fart or two pretty well every game. You know, we saw it again. Remember the, the cup game against Wigan, where he just let the ball run under his foot. And, and um, you know, we, we've seen that time and time again. But he's been so solid for us. I mean, last season... So, uh, you know, a lot of the time this season, um, I, I think the one criticism of Kyle Walker, I think we've all said, is there's not enough end product. When he does get, you know, he's quick, he can get into that position, out on the right, attacking, but there's not enough end product from him in the same way that perhaps Inchenko, even, dare we say, uh, Bernard Mendy. Um, ben Mendy, not Bernard. No, uh, uh, Benjamin. You've got to be able to tell the difference between Bernardinine and Benjamin Mendy. Uh, there, there's a significant difference. I'm not a sue in a minute anymore this libel. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, but he's been solid for us. He's been solid defensively. Yes, he shouldn't have given it away. Um, but I think, as Ray said, you have to give a lot of credit to Southampton, who came with a, a well-thought-out plan and executed it um, absolutely fantastically. You know, they, they, and it reminded me a bit of that game we played against Liverpool. When Yoyi Torre was um, the defensive midfielder, I think we lost 3-4-1 or, or something, and um, Liverpool just attacked. Every time he got the ball, Liverpool had two players on him, and he couldn't get the ball away. And um, it, it reminded me a bit of that game. Every time Fernandinho got the ball, every time Gundogan got the ball, they were absolutely pounced on by, you know, one, a Southampton player or two Southampton players. And it didn't help that Fernandinho had completely lost the ability to pass, uh, certainly during the first half. And some some of the passes he did, all right, he was under pressure, but some of the passes were so poor. that uh, In Gundogan, the same, in two plays, you don't expect to do that. Even when we found a bit of space, 
Um, you know, the ball away was poor. Uh, and that was our downfall in that game, that we, we, we just failed to move the ball well or quick enough. Um, and and what surprised me a little bit is once we'd worked that out, certainly in the second half, we've got Gabriel Jesus up front, we've got Raheem Sterling. Those guys are quick. So I don't think we're pressing quite high. I don't understand why Edison didn't launch one of his pinpoint long balls, uh, uh, you know, and play uh, over the top of the defence because that's the way you beat a high press. And, um, you know, that, that did surprise me. We still tried to pass our way through it and, and very, very ineffectively. Let's go over uh, to uh, Bernard because um, uh, it's very, very interesting. I, I seem to be in, in, in a minority of one. I like Nathan Ake. I'm going to say it. I'm going to actually put my hands up and say I think he's a solid player. I, I, I've actually studied him uh extensively he's very cool he's very uh you know composed and um i i don't think that uh, that he deserves the criticism uh bernard that you would see on on twitter well i mean i'd give him my man of the match to be honest between him uh, ruben diaz and grealish uh, were my three favorite three guys who sort of put a performance in in my opinion not not many others did and uh, yeah, I think Naki was my man of the match. Well, that's a sentimental thing as well. But uh, no, he's uh, certainly the last two games. I don't know how any any City fan can sort of uh, cast doubt on his on his commitment to the cause, if you like, and his, his abilities. His abilities are there. He's not perfect, of course. He's not. But he's, he's a number four centre back, isn't he? Let's be honest about it. And uh, when he's asked to do a job, he'll come in and do it. So uh, you're not in a minority of one. I, I like Nathan Naki like, like you do. And he, he's not. He's not Ruben Diaz. He's not John Stones. Of course he isn't, but, uh, you know, uh, I agree with you. I agree with you, uh, Mike. Uh, I, I, uh, uh, Ray, uh, what do you think? He's a very good squad player. Because, well, it was terrible for him, wasn't it? Because he, he scored the goal and then, unfortunately, his uh, his dear father died um, mm-hmm. very uh, very shortly after. He looks like Rude Hulit. Can he play like Rude Hulit, Ray? I don't think so, no. As you guys said, he's a solid player, but we right, he is. He's tidy. He's tidy. Yeah, he's neat inside. Reasonably neat inside. But if you want to be the to- a top team, you know you need top players. And you know, um... but, but I mean, he's our fourth choice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. 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 You know, for a fourth, for a fourth choice, guys, he's a good player, though. I, I think he's a good player. But I will still argue he's one-footed. He can't. He doesn't do the the same range. Of passing as a uh, Emeric Laporte when Emeric Laporte plays on the left, um, he's a neat and tidy player most of the time. But I I, I always think he's he's very one footed. Um, you know we we saw uh, a, a penalty was that the Leicester penalty in the Community Shield where he he couldn't control. I think that was the one. Um, <coughs> excuse me, um, he couldn't get his feet right. So that's always my concern with him. He's he's, he's basically got a left foot. The other one. His right foot is just for standing on. Um, but he's a decent player. But, you know, but I'll repeat, I don't want decent players. You know, you've got to keep looking for better players in positions. Having said what, what Colin said is right, he's fourth choice um, centre back. So, you know, that'll, he'll do for me as a fourth choice centre back. 
Mm -hmm. Let's go over uh, to Colin, because someone who I thought was impressive, a lot of people agreed with me, was uh, Laporte. And um, I think that um, he could be keeping John Stones out for, for quite a while. Uh, Colin, what do you think? Well, yeah, I think we talked about this in the last pod, didn't we? That, um, you know, he's come back quite strong. Uh, I think John Stones is carrying an injury, isn't he? Uh, for, yeah. From what it seems. And um, yeah, we, we know he's a good player, but, you know, he went through a bit of a crisis, didn't we? Didn't he? A, a little bit uh, last season or the season before. And Stones came back strongly. I think we do him down, Colin. I think he's a world-class player. I think he's a very good player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, uh, again, I think we've said this before when we, we complained about not getting a replacement for Vincent Company. Uh, we've now got three really excellent centre backs, uh, and you know, and, and Nathan Ake is a backup. And, and I think we're in a, you know, I think we've solved that problem. There's quite a few problems in the squad. Well, there's a few problems in the squad that we haven't solved yet. But I think we've certainly solved the centre back problem. We can keep everyone happy. Well, let's go over to Bernard and ask basically the question that all C fans uh, want to know: Leipzig are a, da- a, a were, a, were a good and dangerous team. We put six past them. We couldn't put one uh, really past uh, Southampton. What's what's going on? Is it the age-old thing about the striker? What do you reckon? No. Well, a striker is an option, isn't it? Let's be honest about it. A striker is another option in a, in a tactic. It's a, at the moment, we're only stuck with sort of one set of ideas from our midfielders. I mean, a striker gives you that other little... Thing, a little, little, little template to play with, doesn't it? And it gives the opposition something else to worry about. Of course, of course, we need a strike, and of course we do. And we haven't got one, and that, that's the problem. We, you know, teams can set up to actually stymie us, and, that, and that's what Southampton did. They did it brilliantly. You know, and they could, they should have won that game. To be honest, they, they played perfectly. They, they sort of outbattled us, outthought us in that midfield where, where usually we create everything. We didn't create anything at all. So, yeah, what a striker does. Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter if we score six against uh, Leipzig and zero against Southampton. I mean, a striker is an option we need. And, you know, he's not recreated football, has he? We still, we're still, we still need a, uh, a sort of target man as well within that uh, wonderful team of midfielders he's building that he always wanted. But, uh, yeah, of course, we need, still need a striker. But at the moment, we haven't got one. So we have to... You have to suck it and see, don't we, unfortunately? Well, I, I detected a slight furrowed brow from um, Ray there. Um, Ray, do you uh, agree with uh, Bernard or do you think that um, it, it is a, 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 an issue of um, being clinical and uh, the fact that uh, people like Ferran Torres and Raheem Sterling are just not up to it? Oh, behave. Uh, Ferran Torres is 21 years old. Give him a chance. Give him a chance. The only way... People are crying out. All over social media, fans are crying out for us to give youth a chance. People are asking for Delap. People ask... Someone asked me tonight, where's Delap? Why isn't he playing? Well, he's been injured, I, I believe. So he's not been in the, even in the under-23. So, you know, he needs a little bit of time. Um, and if we don't give Ferran Torres a chance, then why did we get him? You know, so we should be pleased that he's he's had a chance. He, he looks he's not. He looks good. He's not the finished. Sorry, he's not the finished article, not by a long way. And he's going to have games where he's not going to do much. And we have to. And it's something you have to go through. He'll go through it, and hopefully, eventually, 
Um, he'll he'll learn what he needs to do to get more into games and maybe create stuff for himself. Um, but you, you, unless we give him a chance, he's he's finished at City because you know we've got so many people to play out wide. You know, Gabriel Jesus is now on the right, Sterling on the left, Foden on the left, Grealish on the left, Mahrez on the right. You know, where's he going to play? He, he's he's not going to get a look in at City. So this option of putting him down the middle, you know, it, it's it's one of those things. If he's if he turns around at the end of the season and scores you twenty plus league goals, you'll say that's quite successful because that's what Sergio Aguero was doing, and you'd like to think he'd get better over time. Um, and I've always said a striker's great; it gives us a different option. But I still look at that those highlights and think we created enough opportunities and enough situations to have done better. I mean, you know, I can rattle off a few the the cow walk across. For an unmarked Gundogan. Now, was the cross too high? Was Gundogan too short? Did he get his timing wrong? But that, for me, that's a that's a cracking opportunity. You know, okay, someone will turn around, some waggle say, if Harry Kane was there or a six foot striker was there, it you know it 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 scored a goal. But we had the opportunity. There was another half decent chance where Sterling passed to Grealish and he dummied it. Wonderful dummy went to Gabriel Jesus who. Apparently didn't hear Cancelo screaming for it going on the outside, cut inside and had a shot which was deflected. So that was for me. That was a that was another Sterling got past couple players on the byline. I mean, everybody was so many people were slagging him off from the highlights. It looked like Sterling had a good game, but maybe those were only two or three things he did. But you know, he got past two players on the byline. Maybe his cross could have been better. Then obviously there was offside goal. I'll let you guys talk about that in a bit. And then Grealish fed Mares down out wide, and his pass into the box pretty much went to nobody. So all these opportunities, and some of them are where we want to be on the byline behind the defence, either putting it across the six-yard box or cutting it back. So we had probably at least two really good ones in the second half, and we didn't take advantage of any of them. So you know whether that's a, co- a combination of a poor play from us and good defending from Southampton. But we we were in those situations. And if we were playing at the top of our game, we'd have turned one of those situations into a goal. Uh, it's just a shame it didn't happen. We didn't have the opportunity to bring somebody else on. You know, Penny, for your thoughts, and all the people who, you know, people asked me um, in the summer, would you take Lukaku instead of Harry Kane? Well, the way Lukaku's playing, you know, I mean, uh, and you could have got Lukaku for 100 million. So I, I just throw that one out there. You know, you, you could have got Lukaku for 100 million. Would you, you know, it'd be interesting to uh, hear your thoughts. Would you take Lukaku if they offered you him right now? Would you be happy with him? Yeah. I, I, he's not my type of player. Um, but, you know, I, you know, talk about it was just a bad day at the office. Well, I mean, we didn't play well, but it, we got chances. And Sunderland <laughs> could have had probably a hat trick. You know, there was that, that header you talked about where he went right off the top of his head. There was another one where you'd expect him to do better. He wasn't our top scorer last season. He was a very experienced player, usually so sharp in front of goal. Uh, and I think there was a third. And, and, and you know, there were there were chances. As we said, there were chances. And um, it was just one of those days where it didn't come off. And I think we have to be pleased. Yeah, you know, I, I think it was a point gained rather than two points dropped because Southampton, with a bit more composure in front of, in and around the area, they would have they got two or three. And actually, we were laughing when when the board went up for injury time at the end. They were playing it down in the corner, uh, and we were saying, 
they're daft. They should be going for the win. You know, they they <laughs> the more dangerous team. They should be going for the win. No, uh, uh, letting us off the hook here. But it's uh, oh, that, that, that's fine. Yeah, you know, we, we we had days like that. We've won the title and had days like that, haven't we? I mean, uh, you know, I'm not going to carry it away over one game. Um, you know, it's but. The more worrying thing is Southampton came with a plan. They executed it. And Leipzig as well. We'll talk about the Leipzig game. Leipzig were very similar. They pressed us very, very hard for 90 minutes. And um, somehow we got six goals. And I don't think we played particularly well on um, Wednesday night. Uh, I'm sorry. I just got a, a funny message from one of the... Uh, ball from the blue followers that says, I suspect Ray watched more than 10 minutes of highlights, uh, yeah. g- given what he said. Um, what, uh, uh, Bernard, do you think that Pep might be tempted to go for a, um, uh, 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 an Edin Dzeko type January buy, or you're, you're, you're ruling that out completely? Oh, I don't think so. I don't think we will at all. I think, uh, as I say, this season now, it's, as I say, we've got Dilap there, haven't we? As I say, we've got Torres who needs to perhaps play a lot more than he does and not get dropped every time he has a half hearted game, which is, tends to be the problem at the moment. But, uh, yeah, it's no, no, we're not, not going to get one in January. I keep, I keep saying that, like seeing everyone banging about Ireland for next year now, but uh, I, can't, I can't even see that happening. Not for the sort of money. I think I think we stuck with what we got. But I'd love to see Delap. I just love to see Delap given an opportunity. Now he's, uh, I think he's fit again. Now he's trained again. Now so hopefully we'll see a little bit more of him. But uh, no, I don't. I don't think we're going to see see any sort of change in January to, to what we've got at the moment. Let's talk about something I else. Said, I haven't said that, guys. I mean, Harry Kane. Maybe he's looking for that January move. You know, he's playing pretty uh, poorly at the moment. So you, you never know. You never know. He really is. But, uh, Ray, let's... Two, 200 million. He's probably got up the prize by, then, by January. They probably just want more money. That's the, that's the way Levy works, isn't it? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Let's uh, switch gears a little bit and talk about um, the attendance and uh, talk about Pep's comments. Now, he's got a bit of form for this. I mean, not necessarily on the attendance thing, but he he did piss a lot of us off by continually talking about how we're such a small team and we've got no history. Uh, and then he's done this before uh, where he talked about uh, the crowd. Now, he did get a good response because there were 52,000 in against uh, Southampton. Um, where do you stand on the whole... Pep, you should keep your bloody mouth shut. Issue. Look, um, it, it's, it's it's trying to. You know, I, I tried to avoid it as much as I could because I'm I'm bored. You know, it it, it gives something for. Ah, oh, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to the Centurion season, 2017-18. We were awesome, fantastic, mind blowing on the pitch. Okay, we were playing amazing football putting teams to the sword, creating records, smashing records, 100 points, 106 goals, all those away wins, all those home wins, you know, biggest gap between first and second, uh, everything else that went with it. And what were people focusing on? You know, opposition fans and pundits, a few of them were generous enough and honest enough 
to talk about what we were doing on the pitch. Most of them focused on net spend, empty had. That was their focus. And and in the end, I just said, stuff them. Because they can't compete with us on... Rain that they can clasp onto about things that are going on. And in the end, I just said, forget about that. Talk to me about football. I, I go to, you know, here's a funny thing, Mike. When I go to a football match, and I'll go to the Wickham game tomorrow, I'll go to that Wickham game tomorrow, and I'll watch the players on the pitch. I'll watch what's going on there. Now, I, I don't know what opposition fans, do they go to football matches to count the crowd? Did they go to the football matches to, you know, uh, with a set of accounts, uh, um, the opposition team's accounts, and, and spend instead of spending 90 minutes watching the game, spend 90 minutes going through Manchester City's accounts to see, uh, try and work out our, our money situation in the FFP. I'm not bothered about that. You know, I might have a bit of banter with opposition, opposition fans about that. But deep down, I'm not massively bothered. I want to see, I'm 50-odd years old, OK? I saw City when they were pants, when they were rubbish, you know, when you used to go and watch them knowing you were going to lose and usually lose badly, but you still go and watch them, okay? Now we've got some good times. I want to focus on the pitch. I want to focus on the wonderful football that I see. I want to focus on winning matches. I want to focus on winning trophies. And here's the thing. Since Pep's been here, that's what we've been really good at. We've been really good at playing football, playing entertaining football, winning games and winning trophies. And other teams can't compete with that. In the last five years, Liverpool have won one domestic trophy. One. That's it. So, you know, yes, they'll talk about the Champions League and well done, bully for you for winning the Champions League. But you won one domestic trophy. Her club, this is his, what, seventh season? He's had something like five and two-thirds season or whatever, six seasons, whatever. It's won one domestic trophy. Some other managers haven't won much. I mean, Arsenal haven't won much in the last five years. Yeah, a few FA Cups. Chelsea, I think they got a league in there somewhere. Okay, we've got a Champions League and an FA Cup, I think. But most teams are nowhere near City's record in the last five years, let alone the last 10 years. So detractors want to focus on what's going on off the pitch. And you can see, and I'll throw this in, that young uh, Chelsea fan, uh, the young lady, the Chelsea fan TV, um, you know, uh, prodding and provoke, trying to provoke the Manchester City, the, the, the you know, uh, octogenarian, whatever, guy looked like in his 60s, a 60-year-old fan, you know, making fun of City about the, the Champions League final. This is what people do, you know, don't give them something to cling on to. You know, this is a, how, how pathetic some of the fans are. Opposition fans, don't give them something to cling on to. Focus on what's, stick to what's going on on the pitch. It doesn't help when Pep opens his mouth and says something which he will say it's been misconstrued. Then Kevin Parker steps in, you know, uh, our very own James Bond, Kevin Parker. He steps in um, uh, and, and says something. Uh, and then there's a there's a tit for tat between... Um, he does a lot of good stuff and you know I, 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 a few interviews with him and chats and stuff and he's helped me out from time to time but you know I think it went too far um, is Pep criticising was he criticising the fans I think he wants more fans there 
but here's, here's another thing which the media pick up on, and, and it's pretty shoddy. Uh, I, I'll use the BBC as, as an example because that's one that sticks in my mind. They, everybody talks about City's capacity of being just over 55,000. It isn't anymore. It's down to 54,000 because I think we, we move things around, some seating around. I think it's just over 54,000. If I'm miles out, Colin um, will correct me, but it's just over 54,000 now. That Champions League game, UEFA normally take 2,000 seats away for their advertising. So we lose 2,000 seats. So the capacity is down to about 52. Leipzig have, I think, a 3,000 seat allocation. They brought something like 49 fans. So actually, City could have only had about 49,000 of their own fans. Now, we had about 38,000. And yes, you know, we were about 76 or 77% full from the city fans if you if, if you go with those 38,000 uh, official uh, tickets sold which we, slightly better than the 70,000 that was being quoted but the point is even the BBC can't even get it right to say we change our capacity everybody's quoting all numbers you know they can't even do a little bit of research okay right let's just come, come in there we, we actually saw how from the ticket office we sold 45,000 tickets for that game so as you said, 48, 49,000 was our maximum. Uh, and we sold 40, 45 of those. Uh, and one of the issues was um, that up till just tw- over 24 hours before the game, you weren't allowed to transfer tickets you bought by the cup scheme to other people, which you can for the Premier League. Uh, and the club had a, a reasonable rationale for that. But... Um, you couldn't transfer tickets. So there were plenty of people bought tickets who would normally have transferred them or given them to someone else who couldn't do that or, or, or you know, it was too late by the time they did it. And and um, another problem is the cup schemes. I, I mean, the club the club's rationale for that was, well, people signed up to the cup scheme and uh, they get priority tickets for, priority for tickets for finals, but what if they don't go to the, Early round games, you know, if you know the Champions League Cup schemes, uh, and you don't go to the to the to the group stage games, you don't go to the the sixteen round of sixteen or, or even the quarter final, and then you suddenly get start getting tickets for the big rounds. Well, that that's not the spirit of the cup scheme, uh, and they're sort of right in that. But people join the cup scheme so they can get priority tickets, uh, and and the club have got to think again how they manage this. Because I, I know one of the guys on City Matters, uh, his sister lives in London. She's on the cup scheme, so she can get a ticket for the final, if we get there, or the semi-final, or, you know, whatever. And obviously she wasn't going to go. She can't go midweek. You know, uh, most people can't get up from London midweek. Uh, but people will still be on the cup scheme so they can get those final tickets if, they, if we get there. So you, you've got to question the whole concept of the cup schemes and the priority and, and you got to and we want to talk about to the club about a better way of doing things well, well we sold forty-five thousand tickets what 38 39 people turned up it's about the same as barcelona got for a game against bayern munich now can you imagine how many we'd have got for a game against bayern munich we'd have got a lot we'd have bit I mean, friend no one's going to talk about this barcelona tonight are playing uh, I think a home to Granada. They got twenty-seven thousand fans. They're allowed forty thousand. Only twenty-seven thousand turned up. And in fact, 
when you look at the numbers, I'm sorry to jump in again. City sold 92% of the capacity of City fans. So this, And actually, I'll be honest, it didn't look like 38,000 fans. The pictures oh, I've oh, seen, yeah. it did not look like 38,000 fans in the ground. It looked more like 45,000. I didn't see swathes of empty seats. Well, and, and, and what, just, Colin, can, could you just... You might know this one. Years and years ago, I remember United fans were all were up in arms about this, where Man United forced the fans to be on the cup scheme. So if you were a season card holder, you had to be on the cup schemes. You could not not be on. And if you didn't, if you some people would stop. So those clubs, you are forced to be on the cup scheme and so the tickets are sold. I don't know if that's still the case, but at City, at least we have the option. It's still the case at United. You have to buy FA Cup and um, European tickets if you're on the cup scheme. Uh, the, uh, the fans fought a, a court case uh, and won. So you don't have to go on the League Cup scheme. But I think if you don't, there's some potentially some impact. I don't know, but you have to buy. They never last long enough. Who cares? Well, well let's just uh, let's just uh, bring in uh, Bernard here because uh, Bernard, I think to a certain extent, Pep kind of bought into this because he he made those comments. Okay, that's fair enough. But uh, towards the end of those comments, he he came out with this statement that that you kind of would say if you've had too much to drink he was kind of like going well um you know if uh, if if uh, if people don't like it i'll move aside uh, i don't know if you if you picked up on that he, he actually said I, I i i'll move aside it was kind of like this 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 kind of um what would you say a, a certain like uh yeah, self-esteem I mean, Thing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's toys out at the pram time, and at the end of the day, is it? At the end of the day, is to me, people like him with our PR department, you should have stock answers to questions from the media who like to stir it up anyway. So, I mean, we, we leave ourselves, and it's not the first time he's, he's mentioned the fans. He, he claimed it, he never, he never, apparently, when I saw an interview, he said he never complains or says anything about the fans. He was, he was doing it by Munich as well. So, I mean, he does. I mean, this this is what he, what he does. But uh, yeah, he just got a bit upset, didn't he, with uh, Mr. Parker having a go at him, which which is, is fair enough. And they just, you know, he just threw his his, his toys out in the pram. Was a little bit upset. And I'll, I'll stand aside then if you don't like it. This sort of thing, you know what I mean? It's uh, you know, grow up a little bit. It's it's, it's needless. We don't we don't really need that. Yeah, we've never had fewer than fifty thousand fans for a league game. Never. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I, I I thought it was a bit. He knows that he's been here for five years. Precious he knows that on he knew that on Wednesday night when he made those comments, he knew the ground would be full on on, on Saturday. And 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 he should have kept quiet. If he'd said nothing, Kevin Parker would have said nothing. Kevin probably chose. I know Kevin quite well. Uh, he's worked tirelessly for City, City fans for twenty years, but I don't think he chose. Perhaps he didn't choose his words wisely, but he didn't. I don't think he chose his words quite wisely when he said he should, should stick. Did he mean Pep or Kevin? Kevin, uh, you know, and, and I think it started from there, didn't it? It, it went yeah. from that. Uh, you know, if I was, if I'd been in Kevin's shoes, I'd, have, I'd have used the opportunity to say, "Well, the club haven't made it. Pep, have a word with your mates up in the boardroom because mm. the club haven't made it easy for us." You know, get them to ask why seven thousand people who bought tickets didn't turn up. Um, 
you know, get them, ask them why they only allowed us to transfer tickets. Can you, can you, can you just put in just a minute? You know this thing about we sold 45,000 tickets? Yes. Well, I thought the whole problem in the past was we reported the ticket sales and obviously the, the ground was a little bit emptier than the ticket sales. Has that changed all of a sudden? Is that why the that's same 38,000? That's a Premier League rule, Bernard. I, I don't think ah, it applies right, to right. Champions League FA Cup. Right. So if you're not turning up for the Premier League games, obviously it's still the counts, Premier League. Still Russell, yeah. you, in fact, Premier League Russell, you, you've got to report tickets distributed. Right. So if we gave ten thousand tickets away and no one used them, that that would still count as a ticket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. <coughs> you also have to report attendance, of course. Yeah. Uh, we'll get uh, opposition conversation with City about you know okay, right. or not. There, you know, every ground has empty seats. Mm. Because people are, are, are ill or they're away or, you know, they're not able to make the game for some reason. They're working and they can't get rid of the ticket or they don't get rid of the ticket. Uh, Liverpool, um, they, you know, they have a lot of t- uh, touts. And, uh, that's, yeah, a good word. that's a good word for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, Liverpool restrict the number of season ticket holders. So they they've got... Only I think twenty five k season yeah. ticket holders, and um, that means demand for tickets is huge. Because whereas we've got forty thousand, I think we're we're probably a bit more blase. You know, if you don't turn up, you don't turn up. You know, if you if you're a, a Liverpool season ticket holder, you've got plenty of chances to get rid of your ticket. To be honest, and uh, uh, a lot of them do that. Well, well, guys, uh, let's go back um, a little bit in time to the game against Leipzig. Uh, I just want to ask Ray. Ray, um, I'm going to ask you a question that you will not expect to hear. Uh, what about this guy, Unkuku, the guy that scored the hat trick uh, for for Leipzig? That looks exactly the kind of player that we're looking for. He's a, he's a good player, French kid. Yeah, he's all right. Yeah. Um, didn't he score? Well, he scored four goals on the night. He's got that own goal and the hat trick. It's it's amazing. Look, you scored a poor guy as well. You scored a hat trick away in the Champions League, and your team's got uh, stuffing. You look um, but look, let's, let's be honest, we did make it a bit easy as well. You know, we were. I mean, if you if you one image that I can rem- I can remember, someone put a, a picture picture for a, a, a double video. Of Pep laying into Mares and Grealish. Oh because, yeah, that's sensational! And, and I, I said, when you play Grealish and Mares, you ain't going to get much defending. You know your fullbacks. <laughs> so we were playing a very attacking. If you think about it, we've got Concello bombing it, trying to bomb it down the wing. You've got Zinchenko on the other side, and you've got um, Mares and Grealish who are a, a little bit um, low to, to chase back. So we're going to get caught out again and again, and we did. We got caught out a lot by uh, our, our old um, mucker, what's his name, Angelino. Um, he got uh, through quite a few times. I mean, if Leipzig had, Leipzig had scored six goals, you wouldn't have been surprised because they had so many opportunities. Um, we were weak at the, at, um, you know, in the fullback area, and I think you know we saw with Walker again and with Zinchenko, we, we've seen plenty of times. That's a weakness that we've got, but it's partly it's the way we play. We take risks, we push up, and, and teams can can get in behind. So th- that's what they're doing. So um, I'm not sure we're going to go for Nkunku, um, uh, 
you know, I don't know. Who. Someone asked me again today, haven't we got a left back in the academy? I don't know why it's a position we're not really going for. I've, I've said it many times. If we got a, a top quality left back, spend the money, even the Nathan Aki money, and spend that on a top quality left back, persuade Alaba to have come to Man City, persuade him with money to well, come to City, you know, okay. mercenary. Okay, well, Bernard, that was very entertaining. Probably one of the most entertaining things about the about the whole game. I've never seen a bollocking like the one that Pep uh, gave Ares and and Grealish since I'm normal smoking behind the the you know the bike sheds. I mean, what that was 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 that was that for the optics? Was that for the crowd? What do you reckon? That, that's oh, Pep. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's worked up. He's a passionate guy. Uh, you know, it gets you know. It's a bit of theatre, right? So yeah, yeah. I think, to be honest with you, I don't think the players take that much notice. I think they're used to it. I think they just sort of nod or look at look at him or look to the ground or whatever. I don't really just. Oh, I'll turn in for work tomorrow. No, it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. I just think they're very blasé about it now. I think they're quite used to it. As long as you smile and nod at the right times, uh, I think you get away with it. It'll get away. If you don't problem, he'll forget by the morning, so it's all right. Oh, God, Pep was playing to the audience there. I, I was sure of that. What do you What do you reckon, Ray? What's up? Pep was playing to the yes, gallery. He really was. The he, gallery. That he was being very theatrical. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, over the top. It was. Well, look, I don't know how much it is passion from Pep. You know, he's immersed in football all the time. And how much is just, uh, no, theatre for everybody to watch. But he seemed pretty angry. He seemed pretty angry. And, but Maris didn't start against... Um, See, the, uh, thing, the funny thing was that Grealish and Maris weren't that bad. I mean, they weren't that, no, going forward, they weren't that bad. But they weren't getting back. <laughs> and you've got Cancelo and Zinchenko pushing up. Basically, and you're asking, you're asking you, you know, your fullbacks and your DM to do the do the business of all your defenders. Um, well, the thing is, that one as well, we didn't, we didn't have Walker. We didn't have Walker to cover ground either. He wasn't playing yeah. against Leipzig, was he? So we didn't have his ability to get back and his speed. So we, we as well as what the team he played, we didn't have Walker in it, which made things even worse defensively. Colin, should uh, should uh, should Pep win an award for? Histrionics. <laughs> well, yeah, we know what it's like. I mean, it's, uh, you know, uh, Mancini was a bit like that as well. You know, Mancini's antics during the QPR game were worth a video on F-U, their own. F-U, 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 F-U. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of theatre, isn't it? I mean, I'm sure, it goes, I'm sure it's water off of a duck's back to the players. <laughs> uh, an interesting couple of stats, actually. Uh, we're talking about Onkunku before. Um, he is apparently only the fourth player to score a hat trick in a Champions League game and be on the losing team. Mm-hmm. And, and you like setting me questions, Mike. I'm going to see you one. <laughs> He's also the third player, only the third player to score a hat trick against a Pep managed team in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Who were the other two? Son Heung-min? Nope. Okay, Ray, help me out. Help me out, Ray. Well, I, I, did get to, I did get to Son. Uh, well, there was a game when Bayern Munich was, was smacked um, by about six. Uh, Aguero. Uh, Aguero. Corne. 
She's one of the only city against Bayern. Pets managed by me. And now the other one, is that going back years? Uh, it's going back five years. First season. A very memorable game for all sorts of reasons. Was it against an Italian team? No. A player well associated with Pep. Sorry? It's a player who was well associated Messi. with Pep. Barcelona beat them, didn't they? Didn't Barcelona, didn't Barcelona stuff Bayern Munich in the Champions League? It wasn't Bayern Munich. Mm. I'll, get, I'll let you... It was Messi for Barcelona in Pep's first season in that game when um, Claudio Bravo was sent off. Ah, right. So we're I just said Messi. Maybe I should shut so, up when I said Messi. So, so both the other players who scored hat-tricks against Pep played for him. So... And Kunku, we you know, could be our January signing. It's funny, it's funny, isn't it, Bernard? Because I remember when Corne scored the goals against us in the Champions League, everyone wanted him. And uh, well, yeah, now, I mean, yeah, now, it goes back to the old. Uh, the if you scored against us playing for Preston, you got you got signed the following week. So I mean, there you go, John Macken. Uh, <laughs> Who are the other guys who scored a hat-trick in the Champions League and lost? I suspect Colin knows. So this is for Mike and Bernard. Scored a hat-trick? Oh, I don't, I'm not even going to have a go at that one. I don't Champions okay. League hat-trick and lost. Well, let's, let's go with the odds, right? Let's go for people that score hat-tricks. Uh, Ronaldo? Ronaldo, yep. Yeah. Man United, four. Real Madrid, three. Okay, there we go. Um, you won't get the other two. Messi? Nope, you won't get the other two. You reckon I won't? No, you won't. Not, not, not. I reckon you won't. You won't. What was an Italian player, wasn't he? I, I don't actually know. No. No, no, no. Oh, one, one, bollocks. Let's hear it. One, one you'll have heard of. One you've definitely heard of. He was on loan last season in the Premier League. Okay, give us a. What, He's what? a Champions League winner. Hamas Sorry. James Rodriguez? No, 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 no. He was on loan. Uh, he went back to his old club last season on loan. He's won the Champions League. Three oh, Gareth Bale. Gareth Bale. Tottenham three into four. And the last one you won't get. Inzaghi? The, sorry? Inzaghi? No, you won't get the last one. Well, uh, okay. He played for a team. Give us a little bit of a hint. A little bit of a hint. He played for a team that basically... Put pay to Man United in last year's Champions League group stage. Well, that could be anybody. Um, no, no, it can't be because he only played th against three other teams, so that narrows it down. And it was a most unlikely team that got Man United knocked out. Oh, of it the was. Um, oh. Sorry, it was the guy who played for um, Istanbul. Yeah. Istanbul. Yeah, Istanbul. The Saxe here. Yeah, Kavetchi. That's it, Irfan Kankovecchi. You, you you always know when uh, when Colin knows because his kind of eyes light up. You can. You can <laughs> <see>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, that is interesting. But I, I tell you what, guys, um, Unkoku looks a player, doesn't he? Though. 
I mean, you you can't deny that. Yeah, he could. But he looks a player, though. What do, what do you say, uh, Bernard? Yeah, I'm just saying, because I was raving about that silver guy wanting it, but obviously he must have took all the City players out for this other cuckoo to score. But the trouble is, mate, he's a midfielder, and obviously Pep will have him, Pep will have him in January, because he'll, he'll have another midfielder there, and there'll be another, another less need for a striker, won't it? But uh, yeah, I think I think, I think think me, you, Ray, and uh, Colin could have scored all the other night against City. I mean, just, it was just end-to-end stuff. I mean, just, just hanging out on the box, you've got a chance. It's, uh, <laughs> I think we could all... I mean, I'm taking my boots tomorrow if we don't get a game, to be honest with you. But uh, again, it's Leipzig. It was just, it was just chaos. It was just... just you just knew they were going to come up the other end and score, and hopefully we could go up there and score one back. It was... Typical, typical European night at uh, the Etihad, I think. It was like a Kevin Keegan. I was thinking, <laughs> linked with Wolves, I think. They're going to buy him for like 15 million or something, I read in the paper. And of course, because I read in the in the Daily Mail, it must be true. Must so, be true, yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that, anyway, that was an exciting game, 6-3. Um, uh, Ray, did any... Okay. Did any city player stand out for you in that game? <laughs> uh, well, did we have six different scorers in that game? Well, um, we tend to. The own goal. The own goal, yeah. Striker. Um, yeah. Uh, who impressed you? I mean, not, um, let me think. I mean, obviously Grealish scored a, a nice goal, but the defence made it far too easy for him. Concello. Uh, Concello well, uh, stood out. Cancelo scored a screamer of a goal. As soon as he hit it, you knew it was a goal. He had a wonderful pass through to Ferran Torres. Um, that Ferran Torres was just slightly offside, and Torres finished it with a plumb. The way he took, he dragged it around the keeper. That that was proper, um, you know, striker's goal. That it was a super finish. It was just unlucky he was offside. And Cancelo did another wonderful pass to Gundogan, who I think couldn't control it. So. I think Cancelo impressed me. And that's the frustrating thing with Cancelo. He'll have an amazingly brilliant game going forwards in midweek. And then the next game, he's pants. So, you know, that, that consistency is lacking. What did you say about Mahrez? Mahrez, Mahrez he didn't even start the game against... Mahrez, I mean, I'm, I'm doing a thing with a Algerian journalist tomorrow about Mahrez. And Mahrez is having a basically a tough... Tough time this season yes, because he was uh, just in case you don't know what's going on. Ray hates Mares. I don't hate Mares. I don't hate Mares. Um, <laughs> you're gonna get me, I'm gonna get death threats now, Mike, because of what you just said. Okay, um, but you know, um, the thing with Mares in pre season, he was great, he was fantastic. So was um, a fan Davidozzi, he was great in pre season, but when it, when it came to when it mattered. In the big games, Maris didn't deliver. You know, the two games at the start of the season against Leicester in the community. To be fair, Ray, uh, Maris hasn't had a chance this season so far. No, he had, Mikey had those two games against Leicester in the Community Shield, against Spurs. He started those games. He did bob all. He did nothing. Uh, and after that, he was dropped. Um, Gabriel Jesus went out on the right. And the rest is history. We got back-to-back five five mil wins. Um, so... When was the last time you gave Maris credit for doing anything? 
when he, when he score when he when he puts a screamer in the top right hand corner, Ray will say, "Yeah, that was all right, but he should have done." Well, something. Mike, Mike, look, he 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 took a good penalty the other night. Took a good penalty, sending the keeper the wrong way. Look, you've got to give credit where it's due, and you got and I'm quite happy to criticise when someone deserves criticism. You are. You know, I'm not going to shirk. If Pep's you know, made a cock up, I'll say so. I'm not one of these happy clappers and say, oh, you can't criticise your team or your manager. I criticise whoever is knocking about, you know. That's my that's my nature. But Mamaris does well. Don't don't try and put words in my mouth. It might get me in trouble now with the uh, the millions of Algerian fans who support City. Mamaris um, can be brilliant, but he's infuriating and frustrating. Why? Because... Because he's better than he's showing us. And when he does does do it, he's wonderful. But I just need more from him. Because, you know, scoring 10 or 11 league goals a season, I'm sorry, Mahrez is better than that. He should be scoring more. He should be assisting more. He should be looking at people like KDB and saying, KDB is getting the best part of 30 goals and assists a season. If Mahrez wants to be a top, top player, it would be considered like that. Then he needs to be doing 25 to 30 goals and assists a season, around the 30 level. Same as Raheem Sterling, 30 goals and assists a season. Then you, then you, you know, you can be talked about. Guys, in, in I, this, I, I, I have myself that I could wind Ray up on that subject, but it, it, it does remind me of my like um, O level biology teacher, Mike. You're you're so much better than you're showing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, not quite in um, in 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 the same level as uh, Morris. Yeah, um, but you said third, but not in sex education class. <laughs> Colin, what is uh, what's coming up for City next? Well, obviously we've got Wickham. Uh, it's Monday night we're recording yes. this. So we've what sort of changes Wickham. do you expect? No, I, I think quite a lot of changes. Um, I, there are a few, a um, couple of unfamiliar names on the bench on on uh, Saturday. Um, I was, you know, I don't follow the um, uh, academy as closely as I, I should probably, but um, so, so I expect we'll see um, one of those names. Um, Romeo Lavi was on the on the bench. Cole Palmer was on the bench. Um, yeah, there, there were a few names that I, I didn't uh, didn't ring any bells. So, so I, say, I think we had six kids. We had six kids on uh, twenty-one years and under on the bench last week. Uh, yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, I think so. Would you expect Scott Carson to come in and finally have a game? Maybe. No. No. Yeah, no? that Stephen's back. No, you're. Back? Um, yeah, but he's only just come back, hasn't he? He's only you know, literally come back twenty-four hours ago. No, he's been here yeah. a couple of days. Has it not been here a few days? I heard it was a couple of days ago he came back. Only like twenty-four hours, forty-eight hours. It's. Uh, I wouldn't mind. I don't bother me, Carson or Stefan, to be honest with you. <laughs> it wouldn't worry me. Any any other interesting names, uh, Ray? Or Mares. I expect Mares to start. <laughs> no, no. I, I, honestly, I would look at this, <laughs> this game. <laughs> this game. It's a great game. Someone some confidence, isn't it? Yeah, that's what you've got to do. You've got to get people like Mares in. You've got to get Sterling in. Sorry. The thing that the thing that guys is the thing that the thing that scares me is if you think of the pre-season games, we don't have many young defenders, do we? We had our experienced guys in yeah. the friendlies at the start, and that's what worries me tomorrow. Because obviously, with the 
obviously these injuries at the back now, I'm frightened to death of who he's going to well, play at the back. I can imagine Fernandino playing centre half or something the guy that lived young, uh, where did he back till the third of October. I don't know how long Stones is out for. You know, um, I mean, I, the way I think uh, as it Colin said, it's a chance for people to build some confidence and, and show that they, they, they are, you know, they, they might deserve a chance in the first team. Any for me, anybody who's going to be playing against is it Chelsea at the weekend? I don't think they should be playing against Wickham. I don't even think they should be on the bench. We've got enough uh, quality uh, players out there in our squad to be able to put five or six first, you know, top players in um, as well as a few uh, kids. So, and I think that's what we should be doing. Do you reckon, um, you reckon we'll get Phil Foden for this game? Yeah, I think Phil, uh, Phil For someone like Phil Foden can play, Maris can play, um, Sterling can play. There, there's your forward line. But I would probably have two of those and, um, and a, one kid, maybe Cole Palmer, uh, maybe Mackett's T, um, and you know I, I'm not sure about the defence. I, 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 if John Stones is fit, then I'd, I'd have John Stones playing. Um, probably Zinchenko because he's coming if he's coming back from injury. But I want to mix it up. I don't want you know to put seven kids in and then get knocked out. I want you know five or six first teamers and like five or six kids. Okay, okay, Bernard, give me your your choice. 11 for this this run against Wickham. <laughs> well, I've actually got it written down, but I'm not on the page now. I, I, did, it, I did it from my um, sort of preview one, but uh, yeah, I straight was a defence I struggled with. I was putting McAtee and McAtee and Palmer in. Uh, I, was, I, was think, I was thinking, what a shame we let Taylor Harwood Bellish because he would have been playing definitely. Uh, Garcia, who's frightening Barcelona fans now, he would have he would have been in defence. But I, I, I even put Diaz in because it was that desperate to have to find a player to play at centre back. But uh, you know, you've got to. I don't know what you're going to do. I honestly don't know what you're going to do. Doing defence, I'd expect Fernandino uh, to play uh, tomorrow. Obviously, he's going to try and. Rodri's injured, isn't he? Rodri's injured as well, apparently. So there's no even guarantee he's going to play against Chelsea. So I, I, I mean. To me, there's four or five kids, and he has got he has got enough first teamers to stick in with your Mares, his Sterlings, that sort of this thing. But he's got to give Jack Grealish a rest, hasn't he? Let's be honest. You can't yeah. play Jack Grealish again, that, that's for sure. So, Do you think I won't mind if Torres played, actually. I think Torres might get a game. He got a rest at weekend, didn't he? So he should be all yeah. right for tomorrow and all right for Chelsea. So, what about Keke? Uh, Keke. Who? Keke. Oh, as well. I think Adolzi should be on. Keiki. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, some, someone said that today with Kiaki, I think it's pronounced, isn't it? Kiaki or something like that. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that's a possibility. I bet he could be on the bench, that's for sure. But, uh, It'd be interesting. Yeah. Because he's been called up early because he was supposed to come in, in December or January and he's here already. Maybe we're that desperate and maybe that's an indication we're not going to be buying anybody in, uh, in January. We've got this kid. Kid man. Guys, this is this is the new Neymar. This is the new Neymar, Keiki. He, he is sensational, apparently. I've got a few Brazilian friends. That, they they told me the same thing about Gabriel Jesus, but um, you know they they think that he's the business. So um, we'll we'll have to wait and see. But um, he looks. But I think um, I think uh, Bernard's got a point. When when you go, th you you can't think of too many young uh, centre backs, can you? No, that Taylor Harwood Bellis is out on loan. Who's left? I can't think of it. Honestly, I can't think of anybody. 
Yeah. Yeah, he can't, he can't, he's surely, surely not going to play Aki again, is he? He's not going to play Aki again, surely. Don't give him a break, surely, after his problems he's had. So, if he's even worse. But if John Stones is fit, then I, I can see Diaz and Stones. Mm-hmm. Call him what depends, depends on who Stones is. Depends on who's going to be fit and ready for Saturday, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who plays at the back? Because you could play Ake knowing that if... if um, any either of Stones or Laporte was going to be fit. They play. They partner Diaz. Okay. Well, let's get let's go go past Wickham and let's talk about the week of death, Bernard. We're talking about Paris, Chelsea, Liverpool. Um, what wins do you think that we could? What or you know? Well, I'm not going to talk about points, but who do you expect to beat? Because we're we're kind of used to beating Paris. I mean, we beat them twice already. Um, but, um, what do you reckon? Is this is this is this is this the week that we're going to humble Liverpool? Doesn't look like it. <laughs> well, obviously we've got Chelsea to worry about first, haven't we? But uh, I watched a bit of their most of their game yesterday, and uh, <laughs> they are something else. They bore me to death, and then the next minute they're so excited and fast and direct, it's unbelievable. But uh, yeah, I mean, what worries me more, uh, Mike, is just the injury step, just the injuries. I just don't know who we're going to have walking by the by the, the time Chelsea comes around and. Uh, Obviously, we're going to play our best eleven, but I mean that literally might just be eleven players we've got left, and a, a load of kids on the bench. The way it's going, but uh, I have no, um, I don't know, I don't have a lot of confidence. I'll be honest with you, I'm not at the moment, but uh, you never know. When things are like this, they usually usually uh, surprise us. But so I'm hoping it will be. But uh, I try to think. I know better on Friday. Once we have the press conference, he tells us who's fit. We might have a better idea then. But. Uh, with all these injuries and problems, I, I, just, I just don't know it. Which is good because at least uh, Tuchel doesn't know what we're going to play, does he? At least he, at least he doesn't know what team we're going to play at the moment because uh, it's all up in the air. But uh, no, yeah, I'm a bit worried. But uh, if we can get a decent eleven out, fair enough. But uh, Chelsea do look okay. Chelsea look uh, confidence is high, isn't it? As well, let's be honest about it. Our confidence at the moment isn't that great. I don't think uh, on and off the pitch. So. Uh, yeah, uh, we will see. But uh, yeah, ask me nearer the time. But uh, at the moment, I would say uh, I think Chelsea would be quite happy with the way it's shaping up at uh, our place at the moment. Ray, um, I'm going to ask you right now. You've got a hundred hundred pounds. You've got to put your money down on uh, what you think those three results might turn out as. What do you reckon? You Which three? Wickham. Three losses. Wickham. Wickham. Wickham, Wickham. Talking about Paris, Chelsea, and Liverpool. Paris in Paris. There are bitches, uh, Ray. We beat them all the time. Three, three, one to PSG. Um, <laughs> okay, that didn't work. Chelsea, <laughs> one nil to Chelsea. Did Liverpool Ray would say three losses, did they? Liverpool. I don't expect three one to City. Three one to City. Three one to City. We never do that, Ray. We never do that. Yeah, well, it's about time we got back to back. Okay, okay. Let's ask the same question to Colin Savage. Colin, Paris, Chelsea, Liverpool. You've got 
$100, and you've got to stake it all. What do you reckon? I'm going for draws in Paris and Liverpool and a loss at Chelsea. Okay, that seems much more eminently reasonable. I mean, Paris, we don't have to do anything. With their result in uh, in Bruges, um, as long as we beat them at home, we're, we're probably through unless we cock up against, you know, uh, Bruges ourselves. Okay. Uh, well, well, guys, um, we've been on quite a while, um, and uh, what I want to do to finish off with is to show you this. And this is, if you can see it correctly, this is the autobiography, uh, sorry, the authorised biography of Peter Barnes by our good friend uh, Gary James. So um, I just want to uh, finish off by asking for memories. Now, my uh, memory, my, my best memory was the Peter Barnes football trainer because my dad got me that when I was about eight and um, it didn't work. It just kept smacking you in the face, you know, that thing. It was basically, you, weren't, you weren't the new Peter Barnes then? No, no, obviously not. But, you know, it was basically a soccer ball on a piece of elasticated string, which is attached to your um, to your leg. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think even, I think even Peter laughs about it these days. Uh, you know. But... Um, uh, I was excited by it. D didn't really help me uh, at all. But that was my best memory. Okay, Ray, what is your best memory of Peter Barnes? And you're not allowed to talk about 1976 and his goal before Dennis Stewart's overhead kick. You've got to think you of something Okay, the, the one thing that sticks in my mind, and I'm still not sure if it was true, <laughs> uh, we had, um, where I lived in Oldham at the time, we had this Carnival, and the first Saturday in August, I think it was, and then we had a big fun fair and stuff going on in the park. And I think Peter Barnes was there. So one of my mates said, "Oh, God, dragged me across." Oh, it's Peter Barnes. So you know, through the crowd, you're trying to get through to have a look at Peter Barnes, who's your hero. So that's something that's stuck in my mind. Some uh, bombshell. Yeah, that yeah, and it just stuck in just looking at him in awe because. You know, used to watch him on. Uh, in, I was just a kid. I wasn't going to games in about uh, 76, 77. Um, so I just looked at him in awe because he was just a fantastic player. Yeah, my sister, I remember she was absolutely like, you know, gobsmacked by him and Asa Hartford. Asa Hartford was also a very good looking blonde haired guy at the time. <laughs> um, Colin Savage, give me one thing that you remember about Peter Barnes? Oh, um, scored a goal uh, when we beat Spurs 5-2 and it was an absolutely wonderful goal. He left Pat Jennings on his backside. Yeah, and on, um, the, on um, YouTube. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I've been lucky enough to meet Peter a couple of times and he's such a lovely guy. He really is the, the, the nicest guy. And, and you know, uh, if you can you can compare his debut to someone like Phil Foden, because obviously uh, Peter's dad Ken Barnes was a City legend. He you know he's on the backroom staff, um, and uh, you know he, Ken Barnes' his son coming through and getting into the first team, um, you know was a, was a great thing. It was say it was very akin to Phil Foden, one of our own coming through. But I, I always remember that. Um, Peter stayed out on the wing. You know, if, if if the ball was in the middle for 90 minutes, 
Peter would never get near the ball. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, he was an out-and-out winger. He hugged the touchline. None of this coming in and pressing and, you know, um, false runs to draw the opposition. Peter was a winger and he stayed on the touchline. Uh, uh, he, he could go through a game do, doing nothing, actually. But, God, when he had the ball at his feet, it was an absolute. Colin, we, how good was his dad, actually? Because... I hear a lot of people talking about Ken Barnes in the 1950s, particularly 1956. He's not, he's not that old, mate. Come on, don't be rotten to Ken. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 but I think Colin knows about Billy Meredith. <laughs> but yeah, we take every opportunity to remind him, you know, Colin of his, uh, of his uh, seniority. Didn't but, you say Ken Barnes was one of the best, one of the best players never to be capped for England or something like that? Was it Ken yeah. Barnes? Yeah, I think so. What, what was his? Never, was he a midfielder? Uh, wing half of the club. Okay, back in those days. All right. Well, let's let's ask. Um, let's finish off by asking Bernard. Bernard, any memories? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, in, 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 in Tottenham one, which I was going to mention, but uh, I actually played in a charity, one of these charity matches at uh, Main Road in the nineties, and Peter Barnes was our manager. I mean, I only played the first half, and so. In the second half, I was sort of you telling us that you were managed by Peter Barnes. This is it. This is it. This is this is as soon as my claim to fame. So in the second half, I was stuck with it. Obviously, he's right hand man there having a chat. And the best of it was the other team was managed by Gary Owen, and he was absolutely losing it. Left we won ten three our team. We won ten three overall. And Gary Owen lived every, every goal that went in against him. He, he, he was virtually crying. And I just remember. <laughs> Me and Peter Barnes just laughing our heads off and just just sort of looking to one side when he looked round at us because obviously we just we just cracking up at his antics and that's that's my best memory. Peter, what a guy! I mean, just 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 total fun. He was absolutely fantastic. Uh, and his manager managing abilities, obviously ten three. He missed a trick there, didn't he? I think he should have got into management as well. But uh, yeah, I think that's uh, apart from that Tottenham goal. I think uh, yeah, I think that's my lasting memory of Peter Barnes. After forty five fifty minutes I spent. We spent pulling the Gary Owen apart. That was, that was probably the best bit. <laughs> well, guys, the, the reason why we've got like um, you know Ray on this podcast, the reason why that we put up with him because is that we I actually got my 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 best ever selfie, and um, I, I've got I've actually got, it's quite it's quite dark. It looks like Peter Cushing and Vincent Price looking down, and it, it's like it, it's like me, Tommy Booth. Uh, Tony Book and Peter Barnes. Uh, the best selfie that you could ever have. I challenge, I challenge anyone on this. And we're, 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 I, I didn't really know how to take selfies. And, and so I just, I held the camera. We were at the Etihad, me and uh, Ray. I, get, uh, I think it was the game against Chelsea when we won 6-0. Yeah. So I'm holding this phone from below, which forces the rest of us to look down at it. And now we've got this photograph. Tommy Booth. Tony Book, Peter Barnes, and me. And Ray wasn't even in there, but he orchestrated it. <laughs> but that, 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 that was, you know, incredible. And now we have this, the Peter Barnes autobiography. So, guys, if you've got a spare few quid, come on. This is our history. <laughs> what, we do know, what we do know, if it's written by Gary James, it will be impeccably researched. Because yep. Gary leaves no stone unturned. All right. Well, guys, that's it. One hour, 25 minutes. I think that we did quite well. Thank you very much, uh, guys, for listening. 
We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with you very shortly. Let's uh, just um, say farewell to the people that you've been listening to. You've been listening to Ray from City Fan TV. Uh, Ray, um, what are your final thoughts? Final thoughts. Got the game against Wickham. My first, hopefully, game. The men's team game for eight over 18 months. The last time I went to a game was on the 1st of March 2020. City uh, won the Carabao Cup. Um, so hopefully that's the competition I'm going back to tomorrow. So come on, City, score another six for me. You've also been listening to um, King of the Kipax writer and City uh, Committee member Colin Savage. Colin, final thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, obviously disappointing the Southampton result, but uh, you know, hopefully we'll get back on track against Wickham and then three really big games and um, you know, we'll start to see how things pan out after those, I think. 